Today on Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay, we're here live. Live. In San Diego. In San Diego. California Democratic Convention. As California's Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom says, we are live. This is a crisis. We have an affordability crisis. Low-income people, 0% can afford housing, and roughly 50% of all Californians can afford housing. We've got a 15-point plan. I hope people take a look at it. Patrick takes Podcast by the Bay with him as he travels to the California Democratic Convention in San Diego. So I'd like to say that uh, I'm not the future of this country, but these great individuals are, and the rest of our young people, our immigrants, our underserved communities. It's time for us to run for office, create a seat at the table. We're the ones that are facing a mess. We're inheriting all these problems. It just seems right and logical that we have an opportunity to, to voice our, our opinions, our thoughts, and influence decisions, because at the end of the day, we need to create a future in the Democratic Party, and now is the time for that. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com slash podcast by the bay. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. Liberty Realty. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, another podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay, and we are excited. We are excited. Patrick has just gotten back from a wonderful excursion down at the Democratic Convention in California here in San Diego, and we are excited to bring you live recordings, live broadcasts, and it, it was just been an incredible experience. And we got to hand it to you, Patrick. You went out there, you got in there, you talked to people, and just really want to let you have the platform here. What? How was the experience, just for all the listeners out there? Well, you know, I got down there on Thursday because I wanted to get all settled into my hotel and everything else. And the being in San Diego is is kind of a kickback place. It's really enjoyable. The weather's very pleasant. The people are friendly. Um, the opening session starts at ten o'clock uh, the following day. Uh, which would have been which would have been uh, Friday because Friday the convention starts. Everybody's needing to get their credentials. Uh, their credentials is their identification. And as you know, I'm a delegate for the 22nd Assembly District or Region Six. That's Kevin Mullins and Jerry Hill and Congressman uh, Woman Jackie Spear. Um, we were met with a a. Uh, Good opening, uh, a good opening, and um, I would say there was approximately 3,300 plus people. There's at least 3,000 delegates, and besides the delegates, we also had a lot of people that were observers. They 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 paid sixty dollars to observe. Um, I had an opportunity to talk to some of those observers. These were people that maybe uh, you know were on the fence on getting involved in the process. 
And just to say to the listeners, um, you get elected as a delegate either in your central committee or you you run as a delegate for your party, and hopefully you'll get elected. Each each district has so many delegates based on their population and their membership, and the politicians are very anxious to meet with you. Um, you have we had representatives there from. Uh, Jerry Hill's office, representatives there from Anna Eshoo's office, representatives from Jackie Spears' office. So they're all there, too, and the politicians show up later down the road. Uh, Credentialing went very, very well. Uh, It took a little bit longer, and I'm assuming it's because of the crowd of people that that came there. Um, We had a lot of protesters, too. I mean, there was protesters on on rent on rent issues. Uh, there's a quite a few groups of people that were demonstrating through the convention center, uh, objecting to the high rents and the lack of housing available in California. Their voices were heard. Uh, and, um, they, they were demonstrating, I think every day at the uh, convention. Um, one of the unique things that would happen at this convention is that the voting, once you get your credentials, the next day you vote, uh, the voting went from five o'clock till almost eight o'clock, and this was very, very unique opportunity because at this convention, uh, usually anybody that's running for attorney general or is running for insurance commissioner or is running for governor or lieutenant governor, they're all looking to get the endorsement of the party. Uh, this time, the uh, endorsement of the party, you need to get 60% or 60% plus. Um, unfortunately, no one but except maybe one person, I think that was Dave that was running for uh, attorney general, but don't quote me. Um, so this time was unique. The party wasn't behind all of the candidates. Um, as everybody got in the news, Diane Feinstein was not able to get her 60, uh, 60% plus. But we must understand that there's a little bit different element in this convention than there was last year in Sacramento. I think there was a higher uh, higher percentage of young people participating, um, quite a diverse background of candidates, um, some Hispanic, some Chinese, um, some from other countries. Um, it was very unique to see the spiritedness. Um, as we know that Gavin Newsom is the lieutenant governor and is trying to get the endorsement of the party, he was pretty much challenged by uh, uh, a, a Chung that was running also um, for uh, governor. Not to say the least that there was a few other candidates that I interviewed that also has their names out for um running for governor too. I think Mr. Chung got a little over 30% of those votes. And again, a very spirited thing. Um, the unfortunate thing um, that not one, only one candidate uh, got the necessary 60%. So it's it's going to be a battle for all of them. Um, it's going to be a battle for all of the candidates that are running for office that are happen to be Democrats. So all, all the well is good. It was a very well-received convention. 
We also had the golden opportunity to interview a few candidates. I interviewed a gentleman that's uh, in the, his name is Ryan from the 15th um, Congressional District in San Francisco. He is also a law student at Hastings School of Law. We had the wonderful opportunity to have a couple-minute interview with Gavin Newsom's. Um, and I know Andre could go on and tell us a little bit more because Andre's reviewed um, my um, recordings there or my podcast. Why don't you interject, um, Andre, and tell us what you heard on the uh, podcast before we go live? Well, I think that's a great point because we have a lot of great clips to showcase for the listeners. And I think you're going to hear people from all spectrums of California all uh, various districts and really talking about the issues, anything from health care to really the affordable housing issue. And so I think it really deals with all issues up and down the state. So I think this show is kind of to highlight really a lot of the topics that are happening, a lot of the topics that are really on the public's mind right now and really what's happening in the political spectrum right now. And so we really do appreciate you representing uh, the District 22 but also as podcast by the Bay being a representative and really getting these firsthand interviews. So we're going to take you there right now. We're going to take you down to the floor. We're going to take you down uh, in in the in the in the in the forums to really talk about to the issues with the with the different people. And so Patrick was really there, and so he's going to take us there. So with that, Patrick, we do appreciate all. The uh, you know the effort and everything, and I do have one last question before we get into all the clips and stuff. Just in your general assessment and just understanding of really what had happened, as far as being there, and what was the overall sentiment, uh, really, of the delegates and and really the crowd? Well, I've got to say it. You know, it, 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 I I the energy level was just enormous. Um, the crowd, the people, they were all engaged from, again, all over northern and southern California and in the middle of the state. Um, it was a golden opportunity to talk to anyone. Everyone was pleasant. Um, they were willing to share their ideas with you, um, even whether those some of those ideas are something that we, you might have not agreed with. It was kind of nice to be a news reporter and also a delegate at the same time because I was out there listening to the people <clears throat> and trying to convey that message. One of the things that I finished up with, and, and we'll put it in another series, is I also had a golden opportunity to interview five homeless people in the Gaslight District. Uh, San Diego also suffers like a lot of major cities with a lot of homeless people. So I'm not going to say anything more about that homeless, but we got the Homeless Coalition coming out. Um, and we will be talking about that in, in another episode. But again, I was honored to be there. I was honored to be a delegate, honored to interview the people. And we've, we've got issues with housing, transportation, health care. It seems like the majority of the candidates are all for single-payer health care. They all want to do something about the housing crisis. What that is, I'm not sure yet. Wow. Well, this is all good information. And we really hope you guys enjoy uh, listening to these interviews and to really being a part of like you were there because you were there because Patrick was there for podcast for the Bay for all the listeners out there. And 
Really, if you have any feedback, we appreciate, we love the feedback we've been getting. We really appreciate you guys liking us on Facebook, right? Facebook.com slash podcast by the bay. On next door, Evan, we love you. Keep on sending us messages. We always uh, enjoy you. And you send me some stuff on Twitter. And hey, I'm connecting to the, to the reporters that you sent me to. So I appreciate that, Evan. And also, uh, uh, podcast by the bay at gmail.com if you need direct uh, communication with us and we will respond all right so with that we're going to get to the interviews and stay tuned all right so with that this is andre and this is patrick stay tuned gavin you got to say hi at least to podcast by the bay we appreciate podcast what you do. by the bay we're here live live in live. san diego in san diego at california democratic convention well, I've been talking to a Keep lot of people. Keep your heart out, Donald Trump. Right. I'm talking to a lot of people. They're out there ready to support you here with the party. I'm glad I'm, to hear that. I'm also a delegate for the 22nd Assembly <laughs> District, too. I'm here so to suck up to I'm you. Here. You're here to suck up to me. I know you are, Gavin. <laughs> Gavin, what's the situation? California has 180,000 shortage of housing. What are we going to do to help this housing well, situation? I wish we were 180,000 short. I think we're closer to 300,000 uh, housing units short on an annual basis. Let me be specific. Uh, McKinsey marks the need in order to stabilize housing in this in this state. Three and a half million housing units by 2025. We've averaged 70,000 to 120,000 on an annual basis. We've got to go from roughly 100,000 on average to 378,000 housing units a year in order to meet that goal, which we haven't done since 1954. So that is an order of magnitude change. You can't double, you can't triple housing production to get the affordability interest. You've got a significant increase. We're 49th out of 50th in the country per capita housing units. This is a crisis. We have an affordability crisis. Low-income people, 0% can afford housing, and roughly 50% of all Californians can afford housing. We've got a 15-point plan. I hope people take a look at what it. About that surplus, what, about the sur- what about the surplus land in California? We have some surplus land that we should be able to do. Well, what we want to do is look at inventory at all state property, also local uh, government that does a lot of uh, land banking. Uh, that's a big part of it as well, and that's a part of the fact McKinsey lays out, they have over 30 specific recommendations. That's one of the substantive ones. That about your bail reform. We appreciate about your bail reform. we got to move forward bail reform. Cash bail, money bail is insidious. It's a civil rights issue. Only Duterte's Philippines and Trump's America have money bail. It is a disgrace. And I'll tell you, it should be a litmus test for every Democrat never to accept bail industry money. If they ever have, they should send the money back. And if they're actively courting it, I think they may want to shift parties or change parties. Again, we appreciate Podcast by the Bay. We've been reaching out to you. and We got some of those. We got you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks to Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom for the exclusive interview with Patrick and Podcast by the Bay. Next, we speak with Kevin Mullins, California State Assemblyman. All right, Kevin, a few words from podcast right out here. Podcast by, by the Bay, you my got favorite it. podcast. You got it. 22nd Assembly District. Excellent. Why don't you tell the, you think the major issues in this convention? What are, what are they all fighting for for the Democrats? Well, I think there are a few dividing lines around some issues like single-payer health care and those kinds of things. But the key, um, the key question, I think, for me as uh, not only an elected official but a delegate is, can we come out of the convention united? Uh, I think uh, Senator Feinstein, who I am supporting uh, in her re-election, uh, was quoted at the convention as saying the Republicans 
will often hang together behind their standard bearer. Democrats occasionally uh, will not exhibit the kind of unity that's necessary to be successful. So really it's about can we unify as Democrats going into a crucial 2018 uh, election year. Presidential election years like 2020 always get lots of attention. This is an off-year, a gubernatorial year, but it feels more like a presidential year because of the energy, uh, sort of the anti-Trump fervor among the grassroots Democrats here at the convention. So I'm just impressed by what I see as the energy. There's more energy at this convention than I've seen in a long time, which I think is a good thing. The question is, can we channel that energy appropriately into electoral success? Well, I think we will. I think we will, Kevin. Thank you for your energy and your dedication. And you know, you move this up to, uh, this is going to be a general election because it's an even year, not an odd year. You want to talk a little bit about that, the odd and even. Well, we, well, we decided that we wanted to make an even year since we get more voters out there in the general election. Well, that, there are cha electoral changes that are happening this year. There's a bit of a sea change in how we do elections in California. Um, San Mateo County, for example, is going to be one of the counties that goes first with the all-vote-by-mail ballot. And we have a number of local elections that are migrating to even years. And what that means is there will be more voters participating, say, in local elections, municipal elections. Uh, so there's a very different dynamic that's happening in 2018, and the public, I think, will be adjusting to it. But San Mateo County, and I'm going to put a plug in for our county, uh, is at the forefront of some of these electoral changes, moving to all vote-by-mail ballot, and doing some things that make sure we have an inclusive democracy, lower the barriers to participate. We, we want to give uh, Kevin Mullins the credit for that assembly bill. Would you tell him what assembly bill you were well, able to pass? Assembly bill was 2028, which gave San Mateo County a pilot project to do an all vote-by-mail election in a municipal cycle, we were able to demonstrate that when every voter automatically gets a ballot postage paid, that Latino turnout went up, Asian turnout went up, and youth turnout went up. So turnout overall uh, was enhanced. And I, we think we're going to see that same thing in 2018 in our county. When everybody gets a ballot postage paid, we're making it easier than ever before for, for people to participate. We're making it a little more challenging for candidates because they know that all those voters on the rolls are automatically getting a ballot. But I think it's good for democracy. Inclusion and participation is what it's about. And San Mateo County is leading on that. Thanks again, Kevin. Enjoy, enjoy your lunch. You deserve it. Thank you, sir. Thanks to Kevin Mullen, State Assemblyman, for speaking with Patrick. Next, we're going to speak with Ryan Kojate, who's running for U.S. Congress. Okay, we're going to get some closing words from Ryan. Ryan, what do you say about your volunteers? They've done a really dedicated job for you. So I'd like to say that uh, I'm not the future of this country, but these great individuals are and the rest of our young people, our immigrants, our underserved communities. It's time for us to run for office, create a seat at the table. We're the ones that are facing a mess. We're inheriting all these problems. It just seems right and logical that we have an opportunity to, to voice our, our opinions, our thoughts, and influence decisions. Because at the end of the day, we need to create a future in the Democratic Party, and now is the time for that. Ryan, congratulations. I'm excited, not only because you're a good Democrat and you're running for Congress, but you are the future. You all are. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. We just had a protesters coming through for rents too high. The protest is at the uh, convention center here. There's probably about 50 protesters all holding signs about rent and the affordability of housing in the state of California. As we all know what's going on right now, it is very important that we do build affordable housing. It is affecting seniors. It is affecting 
retired people, it is affecting our teachers, it is affecting our bankers, it is affecting just about everybody you can imagine in the state of California right now. We are on a boom, but we're affordable housing is not there. Next, Patrick speaks with one of the lead protesters. My name is Brother Governor of the People's Black Power. Okay, brother, why don't you go ahead and tell us? You guys got a good protest going out here about the rent escalating in the state of California. Can you tell us what you would like to accomplish here at the convention? Well, we would like to accomplish low rent wages. We would like to accomplish, you know, getting in nice housing where it's not a lot of crime and stuff. Really, we're going to take care of our own community, y'all, uh, less than the rent. Get some of these homeless people off the streets, open up some of these churches or something. It's 15,000 churches on each block in the black community alone, but it's homeless people on the ground. Well, you know, I also heard in San Francisco, the Bay Area, they have some 13 or 14,000 homes that the landlords are leaving vacant because of their damn rent control. Right. So what can we do? What can we do? I think the state needs to seize those houses and give them to the homeless. Okay. They'll seize them and give them to animals. Won't they? They got more laws in America for animals than they do for human rights. What area are you covering? Are you covering the whole state of California? The whole state of California. Okay. Where, where do you live yourself? L.A. I LA. stay okay. That's the worst of it. Okay. And they've been regentrification and we've been uh, doing stuff to uh, colored people. Well, you know, no. we're losing a lot of people because of the escalating rents. It's our school teachers. It's our bankers. It's our labor force. We need to get that back here. How are we going to do it? We need to lower higher wages. We need higher wages and lower rent, affordable rent. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's looking for a handout, but we want to be able to see our, our money. You, you know? want to be able to live in your community with dignity. Right. That's what it's all about. Right. Right. Again, I want to thank you on behalf of Podcast by the Bay. We have your rally live on Facebook, and we're going to put it on our website. Thank Already. You. I want to say one thing. All power to the people. This is Brother Duncan from the People's New Black Panther Party. Thank you. You just heard one of the protesters from on the floor at the Democratic Convention. Now we're going to speak with someone regarding SB 562 in the Universal California Healthcare. Hi, I'm Patrick, a delegate from the 22nd Assembly District. I'm also with Podcast by the Bay. We like the bill SB 562. Can you speak to it to the people in Podcast? Land? Most definitely. SB 562 would actually ensure that everyone has access to medical care without the need to have insurance. It eliminates deductibles, premiums, and co-pays, and all decisions are made between a doctor and a patient. This would actually would help us arrive to health care and not uh, insurance and, and the profits that they are gaining uh, by gaming the system. So we need SP562. Every, every industrialized nation in the world has it except uh, the U.S. So What do you think about the Berkshire and some of these big companies who want to help us to get, get that health care cost uh, down across the country? Well, I think it's a reflection of how, how uh, critical this point is that they are willing to take it on themselves. They see that this is a huge problem. Uh, Warren Buffett has come out and said that insurance companies also uh, has become problematic in the rising cost of health care. And I think that they are so desperate to find the uh, resolutions that they are taking on the issue themselves. Well, as well. we appreciate your dedication. You're a volunteer, is that correct? Uh, I work with the California Nurses Association. Well, congratulations on it. I know a lot of nurses, too. I really appreciate your dedication. We need that. Well, thank you. SB 562, guys. Remember that. Patrick also interviewed Maria DeLazo, who's running for state senate. We're honored to have Maria Elena DeLazo speaking for state senate, and she says disobey Trump. Tell us why. Because even though he's the president of the United States, he does not have the power over us to follow directives 
like racist directives like the Muslim ban. You know, so there are many, many things that we believe in that he's trying to tell us and get us to do that we don't agree with. So we disobey him, but really, it's about us standing up for equality and liberty and for the rights of everyone to the same opportunities. Maria, wh where is your district? What district are you from, Maria? I'm with the, in the 24th uh, Senate District, and that's in the city of L.A. and a piece of unincorporated East L.A. And so it's Eagle Rock, Highland Park, El Sereno, uh, Mount Washington, all the way into Little Tokyo, um, and all the way to Koreatown, uh, East Hollywood. How long have you been involved in uh, the Democratic politics here? Well, I've been involved in the Democratic politics all my life because I have been electing, helping to elect good Democrats all my life. I've come up through the labor movement. I've been a union organizer all my life. I've been an elected officer of my union, hotel and restaurant workers. I was elected as the first woman to run the Los Angeles Labor Council. So it's been through the labor movement, through the lens of the labor movement that I fought for everybody's rights and that I've elected good Democrats. Okay, what do you think about single-payer health care, Maria? Yes, we, I support that we need single-payer health care. It's the only way, it's the only option that the big uh, health care industry and pharmaceutical has given us to be able to give everybody health care. When we fight in the labor movement for health care, we don't pick and choose which workers are going to get it. You're in this workplace, everybody gets it. Everybody gets it equal. Um, health care. And that's what we're all about, and that should extend all the way to everybody who's a resident of California. Okay, the big thing, and I think you're in support of this too, what do you think about bail reform? Of course, bail reform. It's terrible and it's disgusting that because I'm a poor person, I can't get out of jail, that they hold me in jail, regardless of what the, you know, the accused, um, what they accused me of. But if you've got a lot of money, you can get out just like that. You've got attorneys who can pay for everything just like that. And they don't care if there's a high bail because they pay for it. Whereas working people, we don't have that kind of money. So these, that's an example of the kind of bail reform we need. Okay, we've had an extreme amount of gun violence with assault weapons across this country. These are killing our children. What do we need to do about this? These children are crying out as well as their parents. What do we need to do? We need to stop the sale of guns that are not needed in our society. You don't need these uh, you know, uh, machine guns that just tear people down. So I'm saying is, let's, let's stop those from being sold and, and we will be a much safer society. Look at other countries where they've completely banned guns, how much safer they are. Well, we re realized too when California had that ban on assault weapons, crime went down something like 80 or 90 percent. We didn't have these major shootouts. That's right. Somebody pointed out to me out here in the audience that there was a 1934 law on the books that said you couldn't have a machine gun. They said all you need to do is take all those assault weapons and put them under that same law. Yeah. What do you think? That sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? Sounds it? like a great idea. It's not a matter of not having the great ideas, it's of having the political courage to do what we need to do to protect our society. Okay, on Podcast by the Bay, we put a first series on gun violence, and one of the people, a, a techie person, come up with an idea, listen to it closely. We have 411, we have 911, we have 511 for information. What about a sum number to help people that are just about on the edge? On the edge of? Of either, either suicide or committing a, a, a horrific crime. Absolutely. Come on, okay. these are basic services 
that are not only to protect that person that needs the help, but it's also to protect our entire community. Marie, on behalf of Podcast by the Bay, we want to thank you for taking your time to be a dedicated public service. And is this the first time you've run for public office? Yes, it is. Well, I run for I run for a union office. After get elected as a union officer, it's the first time I run for public office. Wow. Well, I congratulate you. How much competition do you have in your district? Uh, looks like there's uh, someone else running. So so far, I think it's just the two. Well, we're going to follow you on podcast by the bay. And again, we want to congratulate you. Thank, thank you for being a good Democrat and being spirited about it. Viva la mujer. Next, Patrick speaks with Sabrina Brennan, who's a Democratic delegate for San Mateo. Hi, I'm Sabrina Brennan. Hey. I'm a Harbor Commissioner in San Mateo County, and I'm here at the Democratic Convention in San Diego this weekend. It's a great event, and we're at the luncheon right now for the San Mateo County Democratic Party. I'm a delegate and a member of the DCC, Democratic Central Committee. Why don't you talk a little bit about the Harvard Commission? I know I've seen your picture in the paper quite a bit, and I know you're trying to build that Harvard Commission to be a little bit more cohesive and working together. What's happening there? Well, I've been working on reforming the Harvard District since I got elected. Um, that was in 2012. It's been a slow process, and I think we're gradually improving, but we have had a recent setback, which is unfortunate. Um, we're moving forward. Um, I have actually asked for one of my board members to resign, so that's sort of the latest news. Um, I um, came out with a complaint against this Harbor Commissioner in October for sexual harassment and retaliation. And there was an investigation which found that, yes, indeed, he did send me pornographic photographs via email. And he also, um, in addition to that, invited me on an all-expense-paid trip to Tanzania, Africa, to go safari hunting, which sounds very bizarre, I realize. And believe you me, it was pretty shocking when that invitation came. So I'm just feeling like it's time now to speak out about these things and this sort of behavior should not be acceptable. Um, people that are harassing and retaliating should not be in elected office. We appreciate your dedication for the Harbor Commission and also being a good Democrat. Is this your first time at the convention? No, I've been to a number of conventions and e-board meetings over the year years and I worked hard to get elected to the Democratic Central Committee and I'm here to vote. Um, I'm here to endorse, and I'm really excited about a lot of the candidates that we have uh, going forward for 2018, 2020. There are just a lot of great things on the horizon. Is there any of those candidates that you would like to mention to the podcast viewers that they should look at as a possibility to vote for? <laughs> well, there's one candidate that I just met, um, for the not the first time, the second time, that I'm very excited about. She is a Southern California candidate, though. She's running for Senate for re-election and it's District 30 and she, her name is Holly Mitchell and I think she's fantastic. She's doing great work in Sacramento along with another um, member of the legislature. Her name is Laura Friedman. They are both co-chairs of a joint committee which is under both houses, the Senate Assembly, that is looking very carefully at harassment, retaliation, and discrimination prevention and what the Senate and Assembly can do to um, correct 
the problems that have occurred and also to set benchmarks that will help special districts, city councils, county governance, all of the local agencies figure out how to better handle harassment, retaliation, and discrimination problems when they come up because the process for dealing with these complaints is not transparent, it's not unbiased, and so they are working on coming up with better solutions for how to deal with these issues as they come up and to reduce the amount of harassment that's going on. Well, the movement's good, and I'm, I'm very impressed with your dedication. I read up a lot about you, and it's a pleasure to meet you on Podcast by the Bay. Any closing words to the people out there? Just that I'm still working hard on women's surfing issues. Um, we've been successful getting women athletes into the Maverick Surf Competition. I've been working on that since 2015. We are now taking that show on the road, and we're going to Hawaii, and we are asking that women athletes be included in all pipeline events, which they have not been allowed to compete in for the past 40 years. So are you a surfer? My wife is a surfer. Okay, well, congratulations. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. On behalf of Podcast by the Bay. Thank you. Finally, Patrick sits down with Delegate Ellis Goldberg and talks gun control. Good morning by Podcast by the Bay. This is just the beginning of the convention, the Democratic Convention here in San Diego. And I have the honor, I'm sitting at the Comfort uh, Hotel here, and I'm sitting with uh, Ellis Goldberg. He's a webmaster. He's with AD16 Delegate. Um, how long have you been a good delegate, or, or actually a good Democrat, Ellis? I've been a good Democrat my whole life, and I'm 72. Well, congratulations on that. Where are you from originally, Ellis? I'm from Brooklyn, New York, 18 blocks from where Bernie was born. Well, hey, congratulations on that. We're going to see a lot of the Bernie fans out there at the convention, too. Yeah. I know the nurses are supporting Bernie. You know, Ellis, I was The really nurses are supporting? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But n not that he asked them or even wanted it. Okay. So let's get that straight. All right. Bernie didn't ask for the service. Okay. <laughs> we don't need it. All right. We know, Ellis, we talked a little bit about you had a great idea on uh, talking about gun control and, and some ideas that you wanted to put forth about gun control. Why don't you tell us what those are well, and who, who started them? After Sandy Hook, uh, the Tri-Valley Democratic Club, which I was president of at the time, came up with this idea of treating guns like cars. We know that people think that cars are essential in most places in this country, they are, and including where I live, in Contra Costa County. But a lot of people think that guns are essential, and I, I'm not going to doubt that there is, they have that belief. But with cars, we have to have insurance. At some point, some buggy bumped into some other buggy and they threatened to sue, and they came up with this idea of insurance. And now, as you know, a major cost of living for most of us is car insurance. And if you want to have a gun, you ought to pay the insurance that would cover the damages that the guns can do. And the guns can do as much damage as a car. They can kill people. They can maim people, all of that. Uh, aside from requiring insurance for guns, uh, with the licensing, there ought to be a test. And I'm told that there is a test. I'm not a gun owner, so I don't know this firsthand. But there ought to also be inspections. We inspect our cars for smog and uh, various other things, make sure the brakes work, although I'm not sure that they inspect for that, but <laughs> they ought to. Uh, 
we ought to inspect the guns. Make sure that the place that you keep your gun is actually a vault that would hold the gun. And if you're going to take it out of your house, you actually have one of those vaults in your trunk. And I've seen them on TV that they weld the, the, the vault right into your trunk and they can't steal your gun. So those are kind of common sense measures. But also, uh, if somebody is convicted of a DUI, then they take the car driver's license away. A couple of DUIs, they can take it away for life. But we should do the same thing for guns. Uh, not only for DUIs, but any kind of felony. Uh, you should be, uh, you should have your gun taken away. If, if the police are called several times for spousal abuse or anything like that, you should have your, your license lifted and the gun confiscated. Now, I know there's a lot of people who say that they want to use it in a shooting range. We don't have lockers at the shooting range where the owners of the shooting range are the only ones that can open the locker. You come down there, you've got your gun in there, you want to do some target shooting. Okay, all well and good. Put it back in the locker. And now, maybe you don't need insurance because you're driving in a safe area, you're shooting in a safe area. Well, as it sounds like you don't want to take complete guns away. What do you think of assault rifles? Oh, that's absolutely nuts. We, we people having nuclear weapons is obviously illegal. And look at what nut job is doing with Kim. <laughs> and <laughs> we, we can't have people with, with those kind of weapons out on the street. That's just complete insanity. And, and I've been looking over to my shoulder at MSNBC through that window over there. Uh, we're, we're in the now listen, we have podcasts by the way. I want to thank you for talking yeah. to me, and I look forward to seeing you at the convention, you and your wife there. Yeah. And thanks for being a good Democrat. Anything else you want to say for podcast yeah. by the day? Yeah. I, I've been a teacher, not my whole life, but for a few years. My wife considerably more than that. The idea of teachers going into a classroom with a gun, somebody can grab the gun from you, first of all. Second of all, you may be faced with deciding whether you're going to shoot a student that you actually know, or maybe that you don't know. You're faced with possibly hitting a student that is in your school that's completely innocent. We can't have teachers with guns. Trump is absolutely nuts. Hey, thanks again for the podcast, by the way. Well, I congratulate you. You guys got a lot of volunteers. Are you guys going to make that happen for me? All right. Well, we'd like to thank Patrick for getting all the exclusive interviews, for taking us down to the floor at the convention in San Diego, speaking with Gavin Newsom, speaking with Kevin Mullen, and just getting us all the exclusive interviews and really bringing all the information for our listeners. We're going to get down to the thought of the episode. And am I the only one or does it seem like 
there's just so many people out there that run red lights. And what I mean is that instead of slowing down when the light turns yellow, they actually speed up and just roar right through the intersection, even if the light turns red right when they're coming into it. I don't know about you guys, but I really make it a point to stop because I've actually been hit. My car has been hit by somebody who barreled through uh, because of that, because they were trying to beat the red light and they didn't they didn't have enough sense to stop. I don't know why people are afraid to, to slow down and stop. It just seems to be that. It's some sort of natural momentum state you just can't stop. And literally, I mean, you can just sit there and, and if you stop, you'll see somebody blow right past you. And so, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, you know, we have we have those cameras and stuff, those cameras, and I know people don't like them, but I like them. I like them because it keeps people accountable. It keeps people in check. And let me tell you what else I like about those cameras. That's a good source of revenue for the cities, the counties. The, the, you know, that's actually a good source of revenue because someone's doing something wrong. They should pay. They should pay a penalty. They shouldn't, you know, if they run a red light, they should be accountable. I think it even makes more sense than all these parking tickets. The parking tickets hurt the working person, the person that needs to park somewhere, the the person that's just if you're working in a job and you have to park on a street because you have nowhere else to go and you're not paying $25, you have to take a chance. But here you have people running red lights. Those are the ones that need to pay. Those are the ones that should be held accountable. So anyways, I think that maybe we need to start re- rethinking this because there's too many people out there running red lights. And everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. And the next time you see a red light start to change and from yellow, you're going to see people blowing right through it. So stay safe. Pay attention. Everybody has to. We're all in this together. So anyways, have a good one. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And we'll catch you on the next one of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com slash podcast by the bay. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. Liberty Realty. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.